Weekend live show. I'm Angelique Ashby, and I am here with my good friend Bob Grasswich to spend a couple hours with you. Want to talk about all things happening in our country and our city and our state? What do you think? That's R. E. Grasswich to you. Oh, R. E. Grasswich to me. I call him Bob. Well, my friends call me Bob. Okay, can so I be we, your friend? Yeah. <laughs> we're friends. Wait, this might be a moment of discovery here. Well, it's we up to friends. you. What, what side of that fence do you sit on? Yeah, I definitely consider you to be my friend, or that, I wouldn't be in the room, probably. That it's Bob. All right, Bob it is. Well, if you want to join Bob and I today, we would love to hear from you as we scroll through topics here. The way to reach us is to call in at 916-921-1530. And of course, if you're outside of Sacramento, you can call in on an 800 toll-free number. That's 800-834-1530. You can also catch us on Facebook Live, or if you're using your iHeartRadio app, which is what I use, then you can listen to us no matter where you're at today. So hopefully you'll call in, join us, tell us your thoughts, what you're thinking about, and uh, enjoy the show with us today. Angelique, I trust that you had a better week than Donald Trump. I'm pretty sure everyone had a better week than Donald Trump. This this one probably wasn't his favorite. <laughs> no. Let me read you a quote. I, I, I saw this quote this morning, and I love this quote. Here it is. If Mr. Trump continues this self-destructive behavior, he will drown out his message and maybe even blast his presidency to bits before his first year in office is even out. That is Karl Rove Yikes. who said that. Yeah, Karl yeah, Rove, who, who engineered the George Bush, George W. Bush uh, presidential campaigns. Yeah. Um, so that's how bad it's become, where you have, uh, you have Karl Rove and, and any number of Republican stalwarts, leaders, uh, past and present, and probably future, um, who are just scratching their heads and saying, has this guy gone nuts? Yeah, you know, and the list of casualties grows longer and longer. One of the, I, I think, more difficult things to understand is poor Priebus, right, his chief of staff, he he now goes down in the record books as the shortest-termed chief of staff in the history of the United States of America to serve at the White House. So probably not the most distinguished title you want to hold in those record books. And No. Well, let's go over the, you know, the, the, the rogues gallery this week is incredible because he, you started off, I, I, I barely remember Jeff Sessions being in trouble, uh, but he, he this, this is how the week starts off. Well, first, actually, the week starts off with, with the, the son-in-law uh, testifying before the closed committee. So then we get into right. Jeff Sessions being run out of town on a rail. Uh, that fizzles out, goes nowhere, because the a number of GOP senators push back on that. So then we have, of course, the failure of of, uh, of the repeal of of, uh, of the uh, health care bill. Of, of bill, right? Um, and not just the failure of the health care bill, but at the hands of three Republicans. Who, exactly. You know, we can talk more about this as we go, but two of them are women who were leaders in saying, "Hey, we want a seat at the table." Everybody remembers those pictures a few months back of all men discussing health care and all these GOP members and no women in the room. And even back then, people in the GOP party were saying, where are the women in the room? And there were pundits at the time that said, if you leave the women out of the room, it'll be hard to imagine they will come back in for this vote. And sure enough, they did not. So the bill gets tanked in the Senate by three stalwart Republicans. 
That hurts. Yeah, two women and and and, and a man, of course. Of course uh, our... Senators out of Alaska, Maine, and and Arizona. Correct. Um, and and, uh, you, and you wonder had things been a little had this thing been played differently? Had the president been engaged? Had the president understood what he was talking been about? Been inclusive. Been inclusive. Um, worked toward this bill. Could he have? Could he have made a different outcome? And, sure. and, and you have to think that he could have. And I loved what John McCain said in the end, which was, you know, first of all, I think John McCain's a hero. And, and I love that people are rallying around to support him on this recent diagnosis he has. And, you know, just remembering what a war veteran really means to us and why he's there. And, you know, he said the thing he hated about the Affordable Care Act to begin with was that it felt like it was jammed through by Democrats. And he didn't want to be a part of that happening again because it doesn't produce the best legislation so he said let's go do what we do best let's hold hearings let's talk about it let's get experts let's do review let's make the bill better i don't think there's anybody saying the bill is as good as it can be but how we get from where we are now to where we want to be is going to involve people being inclusive and an open dialogue exactly exactly and you know it seems to me that there are there are a number of people who like the Affordable Care Act but don't like Obamacare. And, and I think that there's been a disconnect. You know, the GOP did a tremendous job at, at vilifying Obamacare, which, of course, is the ACA. Right. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who haven't even made that, that, that connection at this point. Um, be, beyond that, of course, we had the, the Boy Scouts who were offended, um, a number of them. They had to put out an apology oh, after the president's Boy speech. the Boy Scouts. I felt so sorry for that organization. You're married to an Eagle Scout, I aren't you? I am married to an Eagle Scout, who, and my little boy is a scout, and... That's a it's such a proud group and everything that they stand for is about unification and and being together and then to have them get a speech that was so partisan and uh, very platform driven just wasn't fair to that group of of young people who really are change agents in our communities. Exactly. Now, you're you're an elected official. You're a city council member in the city of Sacramento uh, on your second term now. You you, you yes. so you're you're a veteran. You are you have been an elected official now for a considerably much longer time than Donald Trump has been. Yeah, I'm actually a senior member of the Sacramento City Council. I've been there the longest. Every <laughs> seat has turned over including the mayor since I've been there. How time flies. Well, yeah, crazy, so right? So let me ask you this. Yesterday, the president goes and he speaks to a police group um and and he tells that group in in, in it, he claims today and, and some of his supporters are claiming it was a joke. But he says essentially that that he wants to see police officers roughing up prisoners, people in handcuffs, um, suspects in handcuffs. Now, as an elected official, this has to hit home to you. Well, yeah, that's not what police officers do. And that just gives police, our, our law enforcement, our everyday heroes out there protecting us in the streets. And just to even suggest that something like that would be sanctioned and they would do it is unfair to them. The real people who lose out on that kind of dialogue are the police officers themselves. They don't do that. And I was very proud of the National Police Chiefs Association who put out a statement today and basically said just that. This isn't what we do. There have been a number of cops as well uh, tweeting out that this is, that the, even though there was laughter and there was applause at, at those lines, at those, those uh, humorous lines or, or allegedly humorous lines, mm-hmm. um, there are a number of police officers today pushing back and saying, absolutely, that's, that's shameful to, to, to applaud something like that. Well, if it was a joke, it wasn't funny. Hope you guys will stay with us. Call in 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. 1530. We'll try to get to some of these calls. You are listening to Bob Graswich and Angelique Ashby on KFBK Weekend Live. You are back with KFBK Weekend Live. I am Angelique Ashby. I'm a Sacramento City Council member, and I'm here with my good friend R.E. Graswich. Who is not a city council member. Not Yeah, he's not a city council member, although no. he did used to... 
He did his time at City Hall. He, he did your time at City Hall. He worked now. for Kevin Johnson those four proud years. He now, did. Kevin Johnson's not too proud of it, but uh, or certainly my part, <laughs> he's not. But, um, well, you, yeah. did, you did write a book I did about write a book. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In fairness, if you want to check that out, people can look that up. Vagrant Kings. So we were talking about bad weeks. And, you know, I was thinking about it during the break. I, I actually think there is somebody who might have had a, a worse week than our president. And that would be... Well, I'm sure you could guess, uh, you know, our new national director of communications. The Mooch. Yeah, the Mooch. The Anthony Mooch. Scaramucci. Now, he had a rough it, week. Here's, you know, th- this is interesting because we all heard, you know, the Mooch gets on the phone to the New Yorker magazine and he, he goes on a rant where he calls um, everybody in the administration other than the president, um, it seems, a name, threatens to fire people, threatens yeah. to kill people. He had uh, some feelings. Yeah. Now... Use some colorful language. Here's the thing. About that language, um, yeah. w- should we use those kind of words on the radio? Absolutely not. Of course, if people use those words on the radio, we have a, a fancy button over here that helps us cut you off. So if you ever hear a time lapse in your radio, <laughs> that means somebody behaved a little like Mooch. Well, the reason I ask is because the New York Times and the Washington Post both printed the words verbatim. Wow. They, they printed the words. Now, a lot of media didn't. Uh, or they used like one letter, dot, dot, dot kind of thing, or dash, dash, dash. But, but the Times and the Post both printed the, 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 the quotes as, he, as did the New Yorker magazine. Um, and, and I'm thinking, and here, here, this is what struck me. I was proud of them and glad they did. Because the, the United, uh, people of the United States, people of the world, need to know the way the communications department speaks. It, when it's, when it, and it's not you and me speaking. It, this is the White House speaking. Yeah. Um, they, they need to know the folks in the evangelical community, I think the, the people who've supported the president, uh, people who are in the religious community, that they need to know how his communications director talks. Yeah. And, and, and without dots and dashes, but with well, the real words. I think it's fair words. if you say it and you say it to the media, then you have to believe that it's going to be heard. One thing I can say about that as an elected official is, you know, it's one thing if I decide I'm going to use colorful language, which I, I don't, but it, especially in a media person, I just think it's unprofessional to do that. Maybe in my office with the door closed to myself, frustrated, and certainly nothing as colorful as our, our friend used this week. But he is not representing himself, right? He is a representative of the White House, the White House team, the president, the other people that are at the White House. And I don't think that his language was indicative of this administration even, our, of our country, of our standards for communication at the highest possible level. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's tough. But that's not the only bad thing that happened to this, him this week. This poor guy, you know, it, his life turned into a, a bad country song, right? His, uh, <laughs> Mooch? Yeah, yeah, Mooch. The wife is filing for divorce. Right. Yeah. He, but he's selling his business and he's going to pull up about 90 million bucks out of that, I guess. So he, he can't cry for the mooch. No. He can't cry for the mooch. But we can hope for better days for all of them. We can and we should. We should. And I, I promise not to use that kind of language, even though the, the president's uh, staff is using it now in public. But I, I'm going to be a good boy on the show. We should all aspire to not use language like that. And also, you know, not to think of our work colleagues like that. You treat people with a little bit of respect and humility. N- none of us are perfect. We're all just trying the best we can. When, you know, you worked at City Hall. The elected officials, the chiefs of staff, the communications people, 
they're all just people that really care about their city and their community show up every day and do the best they can. And I, I put the president in that category and everybody that works for him. You know, it's funny because you mentioned, I, I want to ask you if, if what you do when people swear at council meetings, but before you, you answer that, uh, when, when I work for Kevin Johnson and I, I have to say, I, you know, I, I swear uh, in, in, in private or in, if I'm sure. in a saloon or someplace, I will swear. Yeah. Uh, n- not, not in an official capacity, but I do swear. But um, you couldn't swear around Kevin Johnson. Uh, as a staff member, I, he, he would really get, almost said a swear word um he he would get um really upset, upset yes. if you swore this man yeah. for all the guy's faults and we all you know he had a, a few of them mm-hmm. um that wasn't one yeah, you're right wasn't one you and you his 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 chief of staff none of us could swear right we could not swear in his presence so obviously now, i was a colleague so I, I had a few moments with him where i used language he probably didn't appreciate but he wouldn't have wouldn't have corrected me but what, what yeah. would you do at city council meetings when, when the public gets up and Well, swears? they do. Sometimes they do, and we ask them not to. Obviously, the shows are televised, and often, as you know, there are children in the presence of the city council meeting. In fact, we strive for that. We have kids come in to do the Pledge of Allegiance or share things that they're working on or kids that win awards or teams that win the state championship or something. So it's just not the right audience for it. And I think we all use profanity once in a while. Maybe not everybody. Some people are better about that than us is definitely um, something I could work on. But in public and in a professional setting and and when you're trying to communicate professionally, it's just inappropriate. So speaking of communications, though, the city of Sacramento has put together an entire new department to communication, the new to communicate the new regulations around marijuana. I know this is an area you're interested in and an area that a lot of people in Sacramento are interested in recently. I was quoted in the paper here in Sacramento myself talking about the public safety hazard that's happening around illegal grows in our region and how Sacramento is is handling that moving forward. And curious to talk to you and get your thoughts on marijuana. would love to hear from some of these callers here about what they think about marijuana in our region and what their concerns are, what they'd like to get from their city. I have some strong feelings. I think you do too. Well, I, I want to get to the, to those strong feelings, Angelique. And I, I think, you know, I have to, I should disclose, I work in the industry. I, I receive money from the growers. I work in, in the communication side. Um, I'm, I'm not a cannabis guy though. I, I've never tried the product. I, I I've never inhaled. Uh, I, you know, I just, it's never been my <laughs> that thing. Sounds familiar. It's, yeah, it's just, but it's true. It's never been my thing. Having said that, um, to me, the, the, the public has, the people of California have spoken. They have made the decision, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I voted against Prop 64. I voted no. Um, I voted against, uh, 21 years ago, I voted against compassionate use. I voted, but I was beaten on both of those, those votes, those public, those, those initiatives. And in the meantime, the, the legislature in 2015 came forward with a package of, of legislation to regulate this stuff. Point being, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, it is the law of the land, and yeah. we, we've got to make it work. Now, what's wrong with that? Well, I think you have to interpret that law carefully. And and what did Californians really say? I voted against legalization, too, and I just didn't think we were ready. Not that I don't want it ever to be legal, but it felt to me like we were deciding that it could be legal before we were putting together the packages that we need to be able to regulate and manage it. And as it turns out, that is 100% true. The banking industry is behind it. The transportation industry is behind, meaning we don't have the answers to how to actually legislate this industry, and yet the industry is legal. And the thing that I say all the time is, I think people checked the box to say, yes, they wanted it to be legal because they didn't want to see it criminalized anymore. And I think that's fair. But the fact that you don't want it to be criminalized doesn't mean you want to grow next door to your house. 
doesn't mean you want to see marijuana sold at your grocery store or that you want transportation to be legal in your community. I think there are some of these regulations that need to be put in place quickly, swiftly. And in the absence of those regulations coming in, what we see are an awful lot to the tune of thousands of illegal grow houses throughout our region, which are a clear public safety hazard to everyone. Well, I agree with you, and I think they ought to be wiped off the face of the earth, the illegal grows. I mean, I think, and the guys I work for, and this is why I work for them, these guys want to be regulated. They want to pay their taxes. They want to follow the rules. They want to get their, their grading permits and their water diversion permits. They, they don't want to open up next to a, a, a school or a daycare center or what have you. They, they want to follow the rules. So it, and, and, of course, the foundation of, of Prop 64 and, and the, the subsequent, all the rules in California, at least, is local control. If you decide in your city, whether it's Sacramento or whether it's Danville or whatever, and you don't want the stuff, then you don't have to have it. One of the problems with the local control rule, though, is that it is each city for itself. So in our region, the county has voted to opt out. And most of the cities in the region, like Rockland and Roseville, have uh, voted to opt out. But Sacramento has opted in, which means Sacramento then becomes the hub. And while we could probably all agree that we don't want illegal grows, and of course the good actors are always the biggest enemies of the bad actors, we don't have the policies in place, and it's not just the city, it's at the state level and the county level, to be able to enforce. And we certainly don't have enough law enforcement to go after the folks that we need to go after to really be effective in addressing those houses and grows. Let's continue the conversation. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you on uh, Marijuana Grows. Give us a call, 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. This is KFBK Weekend Live with Bob Graswich and Angelique Ashby. Okay, welcome back to KFBK Weekend Live with Bob Graswich. I'm Angelique Ashby. Happy to have you. We should probably try to get to a few of these calls, but just in case you would like to join the queue here, 916-921-921. 1530 or outside of Sacramento, 800-834-1530. Again, reminder, you can catch us on Facebook Live or you can listen to us on your iHeartRadio app, which I have told you many times, my favorite way to listen to KFBK. Now, Angelique, before we get to the phone calls, I want to ask you a quick question. I'm not sure your position on cannabis in your district. You're a city council member in the city of Sacramento. You, you represent the, the Natomas area. I sure do. If I'm not mistaken, proudly so. Proudly. Now, if, if I want to open up my um, oh my delivery service, my cannabis delivery service, and you know mm-hmm. that half of the, the uh, half of marijuana legal marijuana sales in California are done through delivery. They're not done at dispensaries. Right. Anyway. Would you welcome me to deliver in your district? Well, first, let's forego the fact that we don't actually have delivery regulations yet. Let's assume that we have those, and therefore it would not be illegal for you to be doing deliveries, which until we get the legislation in place, it, it would be. But let's Damn, assume I that I it could would be. Swing that by you. I thought, let's assume it would be. Or that you want to have a grow, which is what is somewhat legal now. If you want to have it in my district, I would recommend, and I have recommended from the dais, and I have been vocally so that I suggest you look elsewhere. Uh, My district is not one that is conducive to illegal grows, delivery, or storefronts. I don't approve liquor licenses. I have a community that is kind of a bedroom community. It's North Natomas. Most of it is neighborhoods. It is completely spotted with schools and parks. It's very difficult to find a spot anywhere in the neighborhood that is 
within, you know, that is farther away than 300 or 400 feet from a park or a kid. I get that. But here's the deal. Now, that's why I brought up delivery. Because I'm not, as a delivery guy, I'm going to your door. I, I'm not. I'm not opening a dispensary in your neighborhood. I'm, what I'm doing, and, and you, how many? How many constituents do you have? Fifty thousand. Sixty thousand. A little 000. more than that. But okay. del- but the how delivery. Many, do you think none of those people use marijuana? No, no. The delivery to the door is not would not be precluded by me. What what you asked is, could you open your delivery company in my district? Which would mean you would be storing product in my district. You would have a storefront, even if, if people didn't come there to buy it. You just had your cars and your materials there. Uh, that would not be a good fit for my community. Now, could you live in my district and get deliveries, assuming that it was legal? Yes, of course. That's what I asked. Of course, of course, of course. Could you use marijuana and live in my district as long as you're doing so legally? Of course, of course. Yes, that's the rules. Okay. But could you open up a shop? Could you do a grow? Could you have a storefront? Probably not. Okay. Well, I want to live in Woodland and then deliver to uh, Natomas. That's my goal. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, you're going to have to work on Woodland, though, because I don't think... uh, (laughs) Let's... I don't think there's lenient as Sacramento uh, at this point. Uh, you know, those YOLO people are pretty cool. All right, what do you think? Should we, let's, let's take a call calls, here. Yeah. All right, I'm going to grab one. First one up here. Let's see. I think this is Jack. Are you with us? Hi, how are you doing? Hi, good. How are you, Jack? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a little hard to hear you. Can you, do you think you could speak a little bit louder for us and maybe, maybe uh, try that again? I think we might have lost, I'm not sure we can, we might have lost Jack. Hey, if you can hear me, Jack, give us a call back. We'll move on to this next caller. Call us back, Jack, if you can. All right. Next up. All right. You are on air with KFBK Weekend Live. Bob Grasswich and Angelique Ashby. How are you? Good. Um, I was wondering, um, with so many new homes coming up, how can we create awareness for biking and shuttle transport? Since the traffic will clog up with cars. Yeah, that's a great question. Particularly deli- marijuana delivery cars. <laughs> yes. Well, I think the age of our caller may preclude them from being a portion of the uh, marijuana delivery system. But let's see. How do you, you know, I think public transportation is something that the city of Sacramento is working on very deliberately, and so are some of the people in our region. We have a new program called Vision Zero. Vision Zero is the goal of getting to zero fatalities caused by car accidents or car versus pedestrian or bike versus pedestrian. And so we have all of these new rules that we're trying to put in place to try to separate cars from pedestrians and from bikes. Thank you so much for that call, though. That is a really good question, and I hope you have a great weekend. Now, that was a, you think that was a young person? I do think that was a young person, well, for sure. Um, it, it, I, I'm probably right, you know, and I, I shouldn't have asked her about or him about, uh, well, I shouldn't have made the comment about <laughs> the, the delivery services, but I'm, I'm fixated by those because I, I think, just to, to beat the dead horse here, but I, I, to me, the, the, your, your district, Natomas, is the perfect place for this because, again, you don't want, you don't want the standalone, you don't want the, the, the storefront dispensary, just like you don't want a bar or you don't want a liquor store. But I can, under the law now, at least the state law, and we have to, as you, we have to work out, work through the regulations, as you say, on the local level, um, mm-hmm. and of course on the state level too. They're working out these regulations, but we do have the opportunity to deliver to your door, no fuss, yeah, the no delivery fuss. to the door part is not an issue. Okay, but good, the delivery good. 
entity being housed in the district is a problem. I don't have a warehouse district. Now, some people who might be very familiar with Natomas might be thinking, hey, wait, there's a big warehouse district out there. There is, but it's not in the city of Sacramento. It's in the county. And since the county has precluded this, you couldn't go into the warehouse area that is sort of in the, actually in the heart yeah. of my district. So everything else that's in the city really is not appropriate. You'd be right by a school or right by homes which is what we're trying not to do. Now, that doesn't mean that you couldn't receive delivery once we get all those regulations in place. No, okay. that absolutely, you know, there are going to be folks. And in fact, even when we were just at a medicinal marijuana situation, there were many advocates that wanted to have delivery for medicinal purposes to folks' stores because sometimes people who are sick can't get out. And, and I would favor that. I actually think the delivery system is better than a storefront. And I think that's a better direction to go with it. But having the actual business headquartered in my district does not make sense. Well, you and I are not that far apart then. Well, maybe we're not. We're not. I thought we were going to sit here and yell and scream at each other, but no, I, I think we, we've kind of found a common ground. Yeah, my bigger issue on marijuana is probably the same one that you and your clients have, which are the bad actors, yep. Yep. which is sort of my push right now in our whole region. I really want to see us bring together all the lawyers, the district attorneys, police, sheriff, probation, parole, all of our law enforcement and start knocking these bad actors out because it's unfair for them to be in our communities doing what they do. Yep, you cannot have a, a, a legitimate legalized market, regulated market, when you have a thriving black market. It does not work. It does not work. We will finish out on this, and then you know what? We'll talk about our new police chief coming up in just a few minutes on KFBK Weekend Live. Join us at 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. You are back on KFBK Weekend Live. I'm Angelique Ashby, and this is Bob Grasswich here with me. We are talking about marijuana. We've been talking about marijuana, and you know, you, you're a, you approve of the new Sacramento Police Chief, right? You like I the guy. I am you, a big fan. Yeah, yeah. So this is Dan Hahn, correct? Daniel Hahn. Yeah. He his last position that he held in Sacramento. First of all, he's a police officer for 30 years, and 23 of those years were in Sacramento. So the last position he held in Sacramento was captain of the area where I'm a council member. Okay. So I got a chance to work with him uh, a lot, actually. We did a lot of good things together. So I'm a big fan. I think this is a big pickup for Sacramento. He spent the last six or seven years in Roseville as their chief. So you stole him from Roseville. We did. We stole, well, stole in, in fairness, back. they stole him from us. We just stole him back. Right, exactly. So I think he's going to do a terrific job here. You know, he is homegrown. The guy was raised in Oak Park, went to Sac High, went to Sac State. It, at around 19 years old, he became a community service officer here in our SAC PD and then worked his way through the ranks, being a public information officer and a sergeant and then all the way up to captain. At some point, you know, he got recruited when Ray Carriage, a former city manager of the city of Sacramento, left to go to Roseville. He stole Daniel Hahn to be his chief out in Roseville, and uh, which was good for us because I think Daniel got a chance to hone his skills as the leader of a department, a smaller department, obviously, in a smaller city, which made him perfect coming back to help us. Well, what's he going to do, if he's so great, what's he going to do about these these jokers who come up and ask me for money while I'm sitting in my car or sitting on my motorcycle even? Yeah. The, these homeless guys, I guess they're homeless, I don't know. They probably have bigger homes than I have, actually. Um, what's he going to do about these guys who stand in the street and have the signs? You know, Some of them are clever, some of them are stupid. All of them are lies, probably. Yeah. But what? How do we get rid of these guys? These panhandlers. Yeah. yeah. What's especially frustrating with the panhandlers is when you see somebody out there 
with kids or something like that. And it just makes you feel like what is going on in the world today? Third world. Yeah, it's just really tough. Well, we didn't wait for our new chief to take that one on, I got to tell you. We have a set of ordinances coming forward through the Sacramento Police Department. They're really all a whole lot of cleanup bills. It's pushed together to sort of take what we already have in place and make it better. But one of them is addressing panhandling. It's it's already illegal in Sacramento to be an aggressive panhandler. It's already illegal to panhandle from the median strips on a street. You know, when you see people out there in the middle, it's very dangerous. So what we're doing is wedding those two together and then growing it to be a little bit more. So, for example, you won't be able to panhandle within 35 feet of the entrance to a bank. There's really three pots here that we talk about in when we expand this rule. One is moving cars. We don't want people on center medians. We don't want them at intersections where they could be in the way, where they could impede traffic. We don't want folks to fall into the street, run out into the street, light turns green, somebody gets hit. These things have all happened. Second pot is we don't want people who are in a vulnerable position, like at an ATM machine or walking out of a bank or trying to make payment on something to be hit up by panhandlers. And the third is we don't want you to be stuck a captive audience. So that this is the rule about you won't be able to panhandle within 200 feet from an intersection, pushes people back. So they can't kind of come up and knock on your window or hold you hostage while you're, you can't move. Well, and, and how are you going to enforce this? What are you going to do to these guys? Haul them off to jail? No, panhandling generally is a ticket. It's a conversation. Which they don't pay. Well, then they get a bench warrant if they don't show up and they don't pay it. Then they get a bench warrant and things escalate for them. It's much better for them if they just show up at court because... Or it's, if they don't panhandle. Yeah, or if they stop, right? If, they if, follow the law. If somebody does it, they don't know the rules or they do know the rules and they're testing them out. They get caught. They get a ticket. They should show up in court. They should take the penalty. They should move on and not do it again. But what SAC PD will do here is this gives them a little bit clearer lines to be able to go up to aggressive panhandlers and help out. And and in particular communities, like say by Arden Fair Mall, where people complain a lot about it being unsafe, can't make the turn, there's people in the way, there's people on the median, then we can target those spots as a city and say, we really want to make sure that people trying to get in and out of this major economic driver for our region can do so safely without somebody getting hurt. Well, it doesn't exactly give the, the city of Sacramento a good image when you pull off the freeway and you see some guy with his, uh, um, well, unkempt um, and uh, un, unshaven, unbathed and holding a sign and with a child maybe standing nearby him, um, it's just not a good image for us. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's not something we want to do. But we also want to make sure that people who need help go to a, an appropriate place to get help. So we really want to direct people down to where the services are, where they can get the help that they need. Good point. Good point. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go panhandle, um, <laughs> Angelique. I'm going to get out of no, here. No, you're going to go to the state fair. I am. Yeah. This guy is ditching me and headed out to the state fair. There's a corn dog with your name on it somewhere, I'm sure, near a <laughs> maybe, Ferris wheel or a... Maybe two bull you could ride or something like that so uh, we thank you very much for being here with us today i'm going to stick around i hope you all will stick around with me for the next hour on the kfbk weekend live show this is kfbk news radio Welcome back to KFBK Weekend Live. My name's Angelique Ashby. If you were listening before the break, you know that Bob Grass, which was here with me, he has 
run off to the state fair or somewhere else fun in the city of Sacramento. So I get to spend an hour with you talking about all the things happening in the world today. And boy, there's plenty to talk about. But I wanted to, first of all, encourage folks to call in. We have a call-in board here, and I'll try to get to some of these calls. But if you'd like to join us, the number is 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. Of course, you can watch on Facebook Live, or you can use your iHeartRadio app to stream us and listen wherever you may be. That is how I listen to KFBK on my free iHeartRadio app. But for folks who might be thinking, who is this Angelique Ashby that's on KFBK occasionally? I thought I would take a little bit of time to tell you who I am and uh, see if if you have comments about the journey I've taken to get where I'm at. I currently serve on the Sacramento City Council. I'm the senior member of the council, which means I've been there the longest. I'm also the only woman on the Sacramento City Council. There are nine members, including the mayor, but only one is female. And I'd love to know what you think about that and how you feel about women's involvement in policymaking and leadership roles in our city, in our state, our country. Of course, California's never had a female governor. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about my journey to get here so you might know something more about me. And maybe we can talk a little bit about how some of the policies and procedures in place in our city help produce somebody like me that would run for office and would run against a a male incumbent, which is what I had to do to be able to claim a seat on the Sacramento City Council, which I consider to be a very rewarding position, something that I'm honored to be able to do. But uh, I went to Sac High. My family moved to the Sacramento area when I was a kid, around 10 years old. But after I graduated from Sac High, I was a bit of a lost soul. I ended up a young single mom at 20 years old. I had my first son. His name is Nate. And uh, he's a great kid. He's 22 years old now. Love and adore him very much. But, you know, we struggled a bit in those early years, Nate and I. And we were reliant on some programs that maybe some of you have used or wonder what who uses them. And, and so I just want to tell you that, you know, I'm one of the people that used affordable housing. And if you were listening to KFBK about an hour ago, you you heard the show about rent and rental subsidies and rent control. And these are conversations happening right now in the city of Sacramento about how we build more housing and how we use the housing that we have in place best. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But I can tell you that as a young 20 something year old mom with a little boy who was working full time and going to school I was at the mercy of apartments that I could afford. And so lucky for me in Sacramento, some leaders long before me had the foresight to make sure there was affordable housing in our region for people like me. I also needed subsidized childcare. I had a little guy, but I also needed to work and pay bills and advance myself. I used a program called Child Action that was amazing. I got to pick the childcare center, but they helped pay for some of the costs. And I I used that child action to allow myself the freedom to go to school and work and take care of my little boy and make sure that he had top-notch education. And those programs are dwindling now. So people who might be in a similar position to me might have a hard time finding that housing or a hard time finding that subsidy for child care. And during those early years in, in my adulthood, I wanted to better myself, so I I worked, but I also went to school, and I put myself through UC Davis, and then later through McGeorge Law School, both as a single mom. 
And that was hard because student loans are expensive. And I sort of bet on my future. I took out loans that would allow me. I got some scholarships and things too, but I don't think anybody gets through school anymore without debt. And I'd love to hear about how that's impacting your families. And now as a mom with a kid in college, I'm trying to help pay for him too because I don't want him to start with that same debt that I had. So I'm interested in this with some of you. And let's see, I'm going to take a call here. And uh, I think I got John on the line. John, are you with me? Yes. Yeah, I just want to let you know that uh, there's a lot of issues going on up here in the mountains because I moved up here in the mountains for one reason, because it was cheaper than moving into the valley. Where do you live, John? Where in the mountains? Where uh, you at? Somerset. Somerset, okay. You know, I got beautiful two and a half acres, and by the time I got said and done, you know, the, all the houses down there in uh, Sacramento, they wanted 350000 for Yeah. Yeah. I got into this for 215 Wow, good for you. I bet it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. You, yeah, you're not yeah. lying, though. It doesn't matter if you live in the hills or the valley. It is getting pricey to be anywhere near Sacramento, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is what's, you know, I've already got my fire insurance canceled once. Mm, mm, oh, I'm fire insurance, doubled. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just talked to a neighbor. They're going to get tripled. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying, well, you need to pay this or we're going to drop you. You're in good company. I represent Natomas, which is a part of the city of Sacramento that is former farmland that's in a bit of a basin. And for many, many years, they have had to, we, me included, have had to pay extraordinarily high insurance for flood control. I know. I know that. And it's really tough and frustrating, and it, and it costs a lot. And, and all of these things, John, they add up, don't they, for us? When we're trying to be, we're trying to own a home, but on top of being able to afford that mortgage, we got to be able to pay for all the right. things and that come with it. And the thing is, is that, you know, both my wife and I are both retired and we're on fixed income now, but, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, everything's going up, but... Yeah, everything is going up, but you're right, uh, and I think it's something we just all need to work on together, and I'm so glad you called, John. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. I think it's important for people to hear that these issues of being priced out exist beyond just the valley. They are uh, in the hills as well, and... And something that we need to address. So, you know, when when John's not wrong there, when he's talking about those costs that come with being a homeowner, and as we were talking about my journey through being a single mom, one of the biggest impediments to being able to get a home is having a debt load yourself. Student loans, young people today are so strapped with debt, and then they're facing this market that is just really tough for them. And how do we put ourselves in a better position so that young people aren't loaded down with just a ton of debt and therefore having an inability to buy a home? I'm gonna, I got another caller here on the line I'm going to pull up and see. What, oh, I think I lost you there. Okay, well, we'll keep moving forward. There's a few calls on the board. I will get back to you guys in just a minute. Let's keep going here. In addition to buying these homes and having this heavily impacted burden in Sacramento, you got your council now, your Sacramento City Council and some of the neighboring jurisdictions entertaining thoughts around rent control. And last week at the City Council meeting, we had a large contingent of folks show up, most of them from one or two very specific apartment complexes in the region where their rent had just been raised astronomically. But I have to tell you, as a council member and, you know, a former single mom who lived in low-income housing, 
was very hard for me to sit at that dais and listen to several moms come forward and talk about their inability to afford their skyrocketing rent. And I know that the folks in the last show, the last couple hours, talked a lot about some of the policies and procedures around rent control. We'll talk more about that moving forward. If you have thoughts, give me a call, 921-1530. That's in the 916 area code or 800-834-1530. I will try to get to some of these calls after the break. You are listening to KFBK Weekend Live. I'm Angelique Ashby. This is KFBK News Radio. Welcome back to KFBK Weekend Live. I'm Angelique Ashby, spending some time with you today. We were talking before the break a little bit about how I ended up on the Sacramento City Council and what my road was to getting there. I shared with you that I became a young single mom at age 20, that I lived in affordable housing and used subsidized childcare. I worked full-time, and I put myself through school, UC Davis and McGeorge School of Law, both of which I'm, I'm very proud to be an alumni from. I think that education served me well, but it did cost me, too. And uh, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about how we get this next generation in a place to succeed, no, no matter where they start. I think poverty is a temporary state, and oftentimes these programs can create opportunities for people like me to get the help that they need to then be productive. I, of course, went on to get married and own my own business, buy a home in Natomas, and run for the city council. And, of course, ultimately end up being the only woman serving this city right now and for the last couple of years. So if you want to join in the conversation, I'm going to try to get to some of these calls in front of me. Really grateful to all the folks calling in. The number's 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. I'm going to take a couple of calls here if I can get to some. Alan, are you there with me? I am. Thanks for calling in, Alan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's hot, but we're good. It is hot, isn't it? Yes, it is. And y'all are hotter than us. Uh, that's right. Oh, you're in Concord, right? Yeah, so, you know, we got eight degrees under you probably. Well, we would love for you to send us a little more Delta Breeze tonight if you could manage, Alan. I sure would like it. So tell me a little bit. It sounds like you have some concerns maybe about how low-income housing can can sometimes be a problem. Well, uh, I think the best way I can say it is you are a, an excellent example of uh, an individual who deserves all the help they can get because you're working towards independence. You're not going to, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. So thank I, you. I, and I, by the way, thank you for, your, for going on to the council. I know that's... My wife was on the school district down here in Antioch for five years, and it, you know, I know it can get crazy. It, it's but, hard to be oh. the husband of an elected official, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it can be because, but you know, a good husband stands by them, helps them carry that burden, comforts them, and assures them. I like you already, Alan. You're my kind <laughs> of guy. Oh, <laughs> thank you, dear. Hey, so. So my opinion is, yes, as a taxpayer, because that's really what it comes down to. Right. A person like you, I'm all for supporting like crazy because you need help to climb up. You know, I did. I did need help. That's right. You did it. Mm -hmm. You did it. 
you know, you did the incredible. Uh, I, su- I support low-income housing support if a person is going to school, working, just like you did. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. But when it comes to low-income housing for people who are just mooching off the system forever. Yeah, and that's what happens. I and mean, sometimes yeah. that happens, and then it, it makes it harder for people like me. And I, I, what I like about you, Alan, is you've got it just, I agree with you 100%. I don't know if everybody else agrees with us, but I think when you have some mechanisms in place that, for example, the child care that I got, you could only use that mm-hmm. child care, you only got that subsidy if you were either using it to work or using it to go to school. I think those are great parameters to put on it because if you are doing one of those two things, you're bettering yourself. You're putting yourself in a position to give back, to to, to improve, right. to be able to take care mm-hmm. of yourself and your family moving forward. And I mm-hmm. think those types mm-hmm. of layers are appropriate on programs where you're giving people help. Alan, thank you so much for calling in. You made my day. I appreciate you very much. Oh, thanks. Love your show. Thank you. you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Your wife is a lucky lady. I will talk to him later. I'm going to pull up another one here. Kevin, are you with me? I think you're in Sacramento. I am. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good, dear. I I was born and raised in Sacramento. I'm 58 years old. All right. I've always been in the county. Okay. But as far as the flood insurance in uh, Natomas, yeah, I think it should be mandatory. That's a flood zone. Yeah, it is, it, and it that's fair. Those house, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Uh, oh, go at the sheriff's old sheriff's name, Robbie Waters. His Robbie. son let that come open. They should never build houses there. <laughs> yeah, we, I, we can't pin it all on Robbie's son. That was just one little section. But you're right. The no, I be- doesn't hunt out there. Yeah, as a kid, you know. Be- I mean, you're right. Uh, you know, I'm. I've been in Sacramento a long time, but I remember it being rice fields, too, and farmland. It's only been a community, really, in the North Natomas area since the 90s. Of course, South Natomas, a little bit longer than that. With the low-income housing? Uh Uh-huh. I have no problem with that, as long as it doesn't become, like, four generations. You want to see people... Make use it to get themselves in a better spot to break that cycle of poverty. Exactly, and now you have all these refugees that are coming here. Yeah, well, I think it's important, and they're taking away from the the American people. Well, Kevin, don't you think it's important that when people need a little bit of help and and they get it, that we do give them those opportunities to break those cycles of poverty? Not when I see these young men that could be fighting for their country over there. No. I see what you're saying. I hear you. I appreciate your call very much. I don't disagree with you on flood insurance in Natomas. We just want to make sure the rates are fair. Thank you so much for calling in. Another nice guy. Let's see here. One more caller. We'll try to get one more here. John, are you with me? Hello? Hi, John. Hi. Nice to talk with you. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for calling in. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing great, thank you. And, uh, you know, in a way, I'm kind of glad that you didn't become our mayor. Uh, I think we're going to save you for our governor. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Well, we need a female governor at some point in California. We're way too progressive to have not done that uh, yet. Well, we're ready for you, and you're you're the one for the job. I hope you run this this coming up. Oh, thank you you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, You're welcome. I only have a few minutes left, and I want to hear what you have to say, so tell me what you called in for, John. Well, I called in. Uh, I hopefully you'll let me back up a little bit uh, when you were talking about panhandling. Yeah, panhandling. I'm really yeah. curious. How come they don't cite or do something to the givers? That's of the a good question. 
It is oh. not illegal to give to a panhandler. That is an excellent question. You stumped me. You stumped a council member. Good for you, John. You know what? I'm going to go back and ask a little bit about that. It's not technically illegal to ask for for help, but it is illegal to ask for help in these certain scenarios, you know, where you create a traffic problem. And But boy, what a great question. I'm going to have to circle back and find out a little bit more about what we've done in the past on that and how we could. Great question. I appreciate that very much. We are coming up on a break, so I have to let John go. But man, he brought forward a good one. Stumped the council member. Good job. You are listening to KFBK Weekend Live. I'm Angelique Ashby. I'm a member of your Sacramento City Council. And I am telling you a little bit about my story and how I became a council member and the only woman serving the city of Sacramento. I'm interested in hearing from you how you feel about women in policymaking roles or the lack thereof. Do you think we need more? How do we get them? How do we get these ladies to to step into the political arena and, and join me? What does it mean to have women on these councils, on these bodies? I can tell you as a mom with three kids that my viewpoint on policy is definitely colored by how things are going for my sons and my daughter and what I want to see happen for them in their future and your kids too. I want to I want to make Sacramento a place that all of our kids will thrive, that they don't have these same hurdles that some of these guys that have called in and been talking to me about. You know, if you need low-income housing or you need childcare help, you should be able to get it, but it should end a cycle of poverty for you. It should be an opportunity to a better, brighter future. Our young people should not be strapped by so much debt when they're just just getting out of college to have a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt to have a nice degree on the shelf to be competitive is is unfair and it doesn't help anyone including our economy our city and our state so i'm I'm anxious to talk to some more of you i'll try to get to some more of these calls as uh, we come back again you are listening to kfbk weekend live i am angelique ashby and this is kfbk news radio This town. Once upon a time, it so fine. All right, you are back. KFBK Weekend Live. I'm Angelique Ashby on your Sacramento City Council, hanging out with you today, talking to you a little bit about how I ended up on that council and uh, how I ended up in this room on this mic with this headset on, having the opportunity to talk to all of you. And uh, what a pleasure that is for me. I'm going to try to get to some calls. I know there's a few of you on the board here, but let me give the number out again in case you'd like to call and talk to me. The number is 916-921-1530 or 1-800-834-1530. We've been talking a little bit about the pathway to council and the fact that I'm the only woman there, nine people representing the city. And I'm interested to know what you all think about that, if that's okay with you, if you'd like to see more. I'd like to take this call, Stephen. I think you're in Sacramento. Can you hear me, Stephen? Yeah, I sure can, Angelique. I have a great pleasure for being in the council uh, to speak about a security situation. And you guys were so super. I got a real good job because of the situation. I took for six months in there. And man, uh, it's great. 
Oh, yeah, this in Sacramento. That's wonderful. We can express ourselves. Yeah. yeah, because so you came to a city council meeting and you talked to us and we helped you out. Yes, for six months for a security company for the city. Perfect. Uh, and it's the Wamworth now. It's a beautiful security company. Uh, man, uh, I love it, man. It, it's great. That's yeah, fantastic. The system works. You go in and do it the right way. Oh, that, and, uh, that's really wonderful. I think what, what this is great. I, I hope people are listening. So what Stephen did was came to City Hall and talked to us. Stephen, thank you for your call. I appreciate that so much. I'm really glad that's working out for you, buddy. You did the right thing. You know, every Tuesday, all I say that, but then this coming up week is the one week we don't have the council meeting on Tuesday. It's on Thursday. But most of the time, the every Tuesday... At 5 o'clock, the city council meets at City Hall in Sacramento. And I know you're not all, all the listeners aren't from Sacramento, but a lot of times what happens in Sacramento does dwindle out into our neighboring communities and affects us all because it's the economic hub of the region. And even if you live in Rockland or Roseville or Cool or Somerset or whatever, there are county officials or city officials that represent you that have regular meetings. And what Stephen did was came to a meeting and he talked about his concerns or what he needed or what he was looking for. I think in this instance, it was employment. And, you know, we do the best we can to help. We're all just people up there. And as I have said to you many times, my judgment as I sit on that dais is a lot colored by my educational experience. I have a law degree from McGeorge and my undergrad degree from UC Davis. And then also colored by my experience as a business owner in Sacramento. I own a consulting firm and you know, you think about life differently when you sign checks for other people, when their livelihood is dependent on how well you can do. And then, you know, also my judgment is colored by the fact that I'm a mom. And really, there is no title greater for me than mom. I tell people all the time, I don't expect it to say elected official on my tombstone, but I do think it will probably say mom. And uh, it is clearly the title that defines me the most. So what do you think? What do you all think about not having women in these elected positions? One caller earlier and I were talking a bit about even at the state level, we are underrepresented. I will give California this. We're the only state that has two women senators back in D.C. representing us. And we have for a very long time. And that is extraordinary. In fact, it's exceptional and uh, something we can be proud of. And by the way, I'm not one of those people who thinks that everybody should be women that represent. I just think there should be more. I don't think I should be the only one out of nine. And I'm curious what you think, too. One thing we talked about the in the last hour when Bob Grasswich was here visiting with me was that at the national level, when healthcare, as we took this healthcare vote this week, it was two Republican women and one Republican senator, John McCain, who really stopped that piece of legislation from moving forward. And one has to ask themselves, does the fact that when this was being discussed several months ago, and we all saw the images circulating in the news and on social media, had these pictures of like a war room style meeting to discuss health care. And there were no women in the room. And at the time, there were political pundits, one, a friend of mine who is a professor at Rutgers who tracks this kind of thing, who said the GOP women should be in the room, too. And they weren't. And she questioned whether or not 
they would support the bill when it came time. And we got that answer this week. They did not. And I think we'll always have to ask ourselves, if they had been in the room, would there have been a different outcome? Would the bill have looked different? Would the legislation proposal have been better if they had been in the room? And would the vote tally have ended differently? It's a question we'll never be able to answer. I can tell you I certainly feel the weight of my gender at times at Sacramento City Hall, sometimes when we're talking about policies or procedures. One time in particular, we were talking about dress code for a particular industry, and there was this discussion about they should always wear tennis shoes. And I chimed in to say, you know, as a woman, yes, I wear tennis shoes, but sometimes I wear sandals, and you take that away, and everyone agreed with me in the end. They just didn't think of it. And if I hadn't been in the room, perhaps it would not have been discussed. And there are many issues like that. Uh, last week, we brought up child care and how we could look at our city infrastructure to bring child care opportunities forward. We're going to continue talking about women in elected positions and women in policy roles and the men that support them and what that means to our region. You are listening to the KFBK Weekend Live Show. I'm Angelique Ashby, and this is KFBK News Radio. You are back with KFBK Weekend Live. I'm Angelique Ashby, and I get to hang out with you this hour. It has been fantastic. I get to spend a little bit more time with you here today, and I just really appreciate everyone who's called in, sent messages, watching on Facebook Live, or following us with their iHeartRadio app, which is how I listen to KFBK. So convenient because you can put it on your phone and then walk in and out of the house and backyard and car, and that's what I do. If you'd like to talk to me in these uh, last, this last part of the hour that we have here together, I know there's some calls on. I will try to get to them. The number is 916-921-1530 or toll-free 1-800-834-1530. We've been talking a lot about using my life as an example. I was a former single mom who worked my way up to owning a business and being on the city council and being married and very happily owning a home in Natomas. But, you know, I used programs to get there. And several callers have talked to us about what that means, how we end cycles of poverty, create opportunities, pathways for success for people like me who need help with affordable housing or subsidized childcare or student loans. One point, I used food stamps in my life to feed my son and myself. I'm very fortunate now to have a different set of circumstances, but I had to work my way there and I needed some of those programs to help me out. And I have enjoyed talking to many of you about what you think about how those programs can turn turn people's lives around like me and create opportunities and how they lead to you having a woman on your Sacramento City Council. If I wasn't there, it would it would not be the case. You would have an all-male body representing the city of Sacramento. And I will tell you there are extra challenges I think with being female. For example, I love social media. I don't know if you guys do, but I love social media. It's fun for me to follow my friends' lives. For example, I love the first day of school when everybody throws out pictures of their kids and they look so cute. I think there is enough happiness 
and joy on social media, whether it's bragging about our kids or seeing weddings or, you know, folks excited about having a baby or getting a new car to share that that happiness is contagious, that it helps all of us smile and be proud. And also, I think when people are are facing tragedies, loss of life or divorce or struggling through times, that that's a lot for a person to shoulder on their own. But through these mechanisms, through friendships, whether it's social media that allows us to connect to friends far away or close by, that we're able to be there for people that we want to be there for in those moments. But as an elected official, social media can be challenging. And as a female elected official, social media can be downright nasty. And there are times, particularly during elections, that uh, I've had to deal with very aggressive behavior in social media where folks, you know, just really treat me inappropriately, post up pictures and comments and things that uh, you would hope no one would ever say to another individual, but it's just sort of the way it is. How do we get past that piece so that there's more opportunity for women in office. I, by the way, didn't run to be the only woman on the council. I ran for the same reason that probably any of you would run. I cared about things in my district, primarily public safety. My first battle was fighting for a fire station to be built in my district. Uh, There was a part of Natomas that had the worst fire protection in the region. It was farther than 10 minutes away from the closest firehouse. And... That just wasn't satisfactory. In fact, my kid went to school in that area and I wasn't a council member yet, but I set about fighting for that fire station to be built and finding the funding and rallying community members. And that led to a lot of other things. Me getting to know police officers and firefighters and city managers and learning a lot about how the city works. And that involvement and engagement is what led me to running for council and ultimately winning my seat and then running again for a second term and winning winning that seat. And as probably most of you know, I, I ran for mayor of Sacramento. I was unsuccessful in that bid, but I learned so much. And I think sometimes those those challenges that we don't conquer on the first try do teach us how to be better. Ultimately, for me, being on the Sacramento City Council is an honor and a privilege. It's about representing not just my community, but my city the city where I went to high school, the city that I have not left, the city that gave me affordable housing and subsidized childcare when I needed them, and then gave me an opportunity for move up housing too, and an opportunity to uh, raise my children here and send them to good schools and live in a safe community. And I am really grateful to be a part of all of that. And talking to many of you today on the phones has, for me, given me that that reminder of what I'm fighting for and how great our region is from Somerset to cool and Butte and all man, what a great place that we get to live. Yeah. It's a little hot sometimes like right now, but at the end of the day, this is a community that rallies for each other and sticks together. And for me, that means getting to represent you on the Sacramento city council getting to be here at KFBK, talking to you and hearing your comments and input on everything from legalization of marijuana and how that is impacting our communities to panhandling and how that affects folks in the city of Sacramento, what we're doing about homelessness 
and uh, how we drive our city and ultimately our entire region forward. I want to thank all of you for tuning into the show today. I hope you will continue to listen and uh, use the iHeartRadio app. KFBK is a great news station. They struggle to be sure they get good facts in front of you. They always bring you the most up-to-date news. I'm honored to be a, a part of that effort. And it's time for me to sign off today. Thank you so much for joining me at KFBK Weekend Live. I am Angelique Ashby, and you are listening to KFBK News Radio. Have a great weekend.